faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. All my life until this morning, when I've read that scripture, I've read it like this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful, is also faithful in much. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Got that one right? And he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. You see what I just read wrong? It doesn't say, it says he who is unjust in what is least is unjust on what is also much. In other words, he used two, two words. He used faithful and, and unjust. Okay? Are you are y'all with me? Y'all look confused for some reason. You're trying to figure it out? Okay. Faithful and unjust. Now, I just told you that. All right, here. He used a different word when we saw that much. Unjust, unjust means this, not right. Okay? When you have much and you don't use it according to the way the Lord wants you to use, God says that is not right. But when you have little, he, this is the key. Let me, I don't know if I really explained this well. Right, this is where I want to get away from my notes. For the younger, less mature disciple, it's about being faithful with the little. Because if you're a younger, less mature disciple, you don't have much. All God's saying to you is you just need to be faithful. Okay? He's not requiring of you to know exactly how to use what He's given you. All He wants is you to be faithful. But if you're an older, more mature disciple, in other words, you've been following the Lord for a few years, okay? It's doing the right thing with what He's given you. He has an expectation that you do the right thing. See, here, that's, that's the problem with a lot of the church. A lot of the church is sitting there, and we're not doing what we know really is right. Are you all with me? We're not really doing, you know, God's giving us things. God puts things in, and we're not really using them right. And God's saying, that ain't right. And, and I can give you more, but basically one of the definitions is called wickedness in God's eyes. If God has put things in your life, and you've been a Christian for a while, and you have some understanding of the things that God's put in your life, and things that God requires of you, and you're not doing it, God says that's wickedness. That's wickedness. Are y'all with me on that? God does not expect the younger Christian to know all the right things to do. All He expects is us to be faithful, but not so with the older. He has a different expectation for us older disciples. And that expectation is that we would take the very things that God has given us stewardship over and use them. Do with, one, with what's right. Did y'all get that? That's, did, well, anyway, one person did. <laughs> Spiritual seasons conclusion. As a believer, we should expect many seasons. You got that? This is not a one-time event. In other words, I didn't spend 22 years in the winter, and I'm going to spend 10 more in the spring. That's not the way it works. It just goes over and over and over and over. You can be a very successful Christian and be headed for a, for a winter experience in your life. Don't be surprised when that happens because they serve a purpose in your life. God's doing things spiritually in your life. Are you all with me? Okay. 
as we, as we gain experience through the change in season of life, we can learn to identify what season we're in. That's the key. That's why I'm trying to tell you all this, is we need to be able to identify what is God doing in my life. Again, if God is saying, I want you to be the suffering man, you're going through difficulties now, your life's going to be hard right now, don't try to make it into, I'm the eagle, I've got it all going, I'm up here in the heavens. Cooperate with the Lord. Let the Lord have His way in you. That's the point of all this. It's letting Him be what He wants to be when He wants to be it. Instead of that, like a bunch of jacklegs. Y'all with me? Jacklegs? Also, we can learn to identify where others are. Okay? Where other people are and have some compassion on them and help them in the journey that they're in. We can see a brother or sister, they're in a winter. Boy, God's messing with them. God has took them down. You know, I'm thinking, well, let's, let's have mercy on them because I don't want to judge them because I don't want to be there. <laughs> I'm glad you're there, not me. That's the truth because <laughs> I don't want to be there. Amen. Those are the things that God wants to teach us. And it all goes back to this one thing. Jesus wants to live his life through you. He wants you to quit trying to be a Christian and let him be the Christian in you. That's Christianity. It's not this other stuff we've been taught. It's letting Christ live his life in you and through you. And all I'm trying to say this morning is Christ ain't the same every day. Christ acts different. And you can get into different situations where he may come. He may come on you prophetically one day, one minute. The next minute you may just be flat beat to death. Wore out. I can't, I can't even get moving. Amen? Y'all with me? All right. Thank you, Lord. Um, this is cool. Last week, I gave a message on healing. Y'all remember that? Anybody here heard that? About how God wants to heal. We got home and read the Iredell Neighbors about a church, Concord Presbyterian something, and they were announcing that they had a healing service that night. And basically what they say is we're getting back to the biblical precedent of anointing with oil for God to heal. And it was a multi-church kind of deal. And they were inviting anybody who's sick, come and be anointed. And God will hear the prayer of faith and you'll be healed. That was in the Iredale neighborhood. I thought, wow, that's the Lord. And then Tommy was telling me about Bethesda or somebody. Mars Chapel Church, here in t- a church in town, that today their whole service was geared around healing. Now you tell me God is not saying, I'm interested in healing people. He can get a bunch of Presbyterians and Baptists and get them all riled up about healing. <laughs> you know, that's what he's doing in the earth. God is wanting to release the healing and anointing to the people of God. Amen? And uh, it was a great testimony of how many people have experienced healing. Uh, in this church, in this room. And this, uh, you know, Linda Dyke has a tremendous testimony about healing. Cervical cancer. She was healed of cervical cancer. She's alive right now. She should be dead. God healed her. We need to go after this. God's doing it. And lay hands on the sick and pray, Lord, heal these people. Amen? We really need to do that because Jesus is wanting to heal people. And we don't need to do it just in church. You know, we can learn here, but we need to take it to our workplaces and our communities, our neighbors, and pray for them. We can sneak it in on them however you want to, you know, however God shows you to do it. All we care about is God getting healed, uh, that person getting healed. 
We're not trying to, you know, amplify ourselves. So anybody here need healing this morning, would you just come up, and we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. Uh, or if you have, come on up right now. Or if you have somebody in your family that you want to stand in for, I, one of the examples I gave last week was the centurion. The guy went for a servant and asked for God, you know, to heal that person. And the Lord healed him, the prayer of faith. And we're just going to ask the Lord for his faith this morning for healing. Because our faith ain't going to get it. I mean, it's like, you know, scraping the dirt off the ground. So I'm going to pray and ask the Lord for just the release of His faith so we can heal, see people healed.